so proud of our young people. I'm proud of Pastor Antoine. I'm proud of all of these young adults that are here, and young people that are there. They, they're not perfect, nor were we. Say that again, because some of you got amnesia. Amen. Okay, somebody say, you never have been perfect. You better be glad God doesn't put your... I'm so glad they didn't have Facebook when I grew up. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm glad they didn't have social media. And I'm even more grateful that phones didn't have cameras. Come on, some, some of my old school folk ought to be saying, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, anyhow. Amen. And so we are so grateful to them. And let me say a very special happy birthday also to my lovely wife and, and to, uh, amen, Brother Richard, who sung that song, Happy Birthday. You kind of remind me of when Marilyn Monroe sung Happy Birthday to President Kennedy. I kind of felt like Jacqueline Kennedy there says, What's going on, Richard? <laughs> All right, okay. Amen. But I thank God so very much for you, and thank you so much for the love that you've shown both of us. We are, we are so grateful to be your pastors, and I, I'm just so grateful that God has seen fit to place us here, the lovely, greatest people anywhere on the face of the earth. God bless you. There's a word from the Lord as we continue this series during this summer of Supernatural Peace. The series is entitled Supernatural Peace in the Year of Supernatural Favor. Psalms 46 is where our text is found for today's message. Verses 10 and 11. We're reading from the New King James Version now. This isn't one of those messages, if you notice lately, I, I'm just, uh, the older I get, the less I feel like I got to make you happy. You, you catch it in the parking lot. I used to feel, Brother Cedric, I had to preach people happy. And I would get upset if people just went falling out and then Lord said, ain't your job to preach people happy? You just preach the word, Mother King. Yeah, if you don't get happy, you check your own Holy Ghost. But I... There's, this is a word that I want you to hear because we need it. I needed it. All of us need it. This is a word involving supernatural peace. Hear what the psalmist writes in Psalms 46, verse 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And the church said amen. Subject is found in that 10th verse. And we lift the subject directly from the text. Catch someone by the hand on both sides of you. Hold those hands. Amen. This is a message for someone Who's always anxious. Amen. This is someone who is always in a hurry. <laughs> God is speaking to you this morning. Here's the subject. Hold those hands and say to someone, be still and know 
Amen. Be still and know. You may be seated. Be still and know. It has been said by those who often observe human behavior that we live in a society in which it seems as if there are more and more people who somehow seem to take pride in the fact that they are always so busy. We've come up with a new term called super busy. And we kind of stick our chests out, hold our heads up high as if that's a badge of honor. We, we take pride in being in a hurry. There, there are some people that are in a hurry even with no place to go. I'm preaching hard now. They, they, they are just anxious. They are always, quote, so busy. You've seen people like that that just walk around trying to look busy? Can I preach this? Fake business. <laughs> but like, you know, oh, I said, so what's wrong? I just breathing hard just so people can think. You are stretched out. You, and just so much to do. So little time to do it. Well, I don't commend you for that attitude. Because that, that's the older I get, the less I realize that's something that, that, that's honorable. It's not always honorable. There are, there are some people who have even convinced themselves that busy equals success. And Doing nothing means that you are slack or you are lazy or that you are not successful. I've been around people and worked in all kinds of environments. I tell people this all the time. I've got four desks in four different locations where I work, from the state house to a private business to the church and home. And all four of my desks are clean. You can walk in my office anytime. And my former business partner used to laugh when he showed people around the office. And he said, you can tell this is the office that does no work because the desk is always clean. And then when you go to his office, it's so much junk that's 10 and 15 years old. I said, no, there is a difference between busy and clutter. I'm preaching now. Because what I've realized, because I've worked around so many people, folk think that, oh, I, I, I pile all this up, and people walk in, and they think, oh, you, you, you got so much. To, so what if people don't think you're busy? You know what you do. Amen. You know what you do. And what I found out is that that attitude of anxiousness, that Attitude of always in a hurry, always moving, always thinking you've got to be busy will follow you throughout your life. And it's hard to hear a fresh word, listen, when old stuff is still stuck in your mind. I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's, it's, it's hard to do when you're still agonizing over stuff two weeks ago. 
it is hard to hear what God has to say to you today when you haven't even let go stuff you should have let go last year. This time somebody said, preach, pastor. And in order for you to get a fresh revelation from God, sometimes you got to turn loose the old stuff. Here is how Jesus puts it. I will not pour new wine into old wineskin. In other words, you've got to sometimes come with a fresh approach, a fresh mentality. And all the way we can get that at times is let go of stuff you should have let go a long time ago. Can I preach to somebody? Listen, what we sometimes fail to realize is that the only way we can have real peace in our lives is when we learn how to be comfortable, listen to this, just doing nothing. Say that again, Pastor. But that's laziness. No, just doing nothing, knowing that God is in control. That's when we have real peace in our lives, when we are able to block out stuff that comes to steal our joy and to steal our peace and not let folk, here's my grandmama's old word, aggravate you. Y'all don't know anything about that, right? Because there are folk that will, quote, aggravate you with their problem. They are restless and sleepless and they want you to be restless and sleepless because misery loves company. Folk want their life to be as jacked up as, 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 as their, they want your life to be as jacked up as their life. But you've got to come to a place that there are times in my life that I need to come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. There are times in your life where it's just you and God and where you block out everything else and you don't care what folks say but you take a moment to pause and to say Lord I thank you. Listen one of the hottest books out by one of the most contemporary authors out Thomas Freeman uh, who wrote the book The World is Flat wrote a most recent book that I love so much and I've been telling everybody about it. It's called Thank You for Being Late. <laughs> and, and, and in that book, I read it on vacation. In that book, he says, most of the good things that happened in my life happened when, when things didn't go according to how I planned them to go. And when I just had to push the pause button, and say, now work it out however it's intended to be worked. How many of you tried as hard as you could to solve some situations in your life that never worked out? But it was when you put your life on pause and you took a deep breath and you realized that things are not as bad as what they seem to be. Listen, the, the noted religious author, spiritual author by the name of Max Lucader, love Max Lucader, is quoted as saying this. This is a wonderful quote of Max Lucader, and I quote. He says, we say that we want peace, but it doesn't always 
seem to fit our agenda. We say we want peace, but we don't always seem to know how to fit it in our agenda. He goes on to say, and I quote, peace calls for doing nothing sometimes. We can't always handle that. Am I right about it? We, we got to always be anxious. We can't always handle being still, allowing peace to work in our life. The author Max Lucado goes on to quote a noted Christian, contemporary Christian philosopher by the name of Pascal. And Pascal writes these words that Lucado quotes, and it says that most of man's troubles comes from his inability to be still. If you ever raise children, sometimes the anxious ones are the ones that always knock stuff over. The ones that can't fidget, they always moving, can't ever be sick. They're the ones that get in trouble. I had a cousin who lives in California. I love him to death. And I never got in trouble with my grandparents until he came home for the summer. And he always got in trouble. And when he came home from the summer, it always in the midst of summer, let's go steal bubble gum out of Granada's store. Let's go do this. Always do My grandmama would say to him, boy, you are the most fidgety boy in the world. And the only, Deacon Stokes, the only physical chastisement I got from Madison Lumpkin, who was like six feet five, was when my cousin Tony from California came and talked me into doing stuff that was outside of my nature because Tony was fidgety. And here's what God told me. Most people get in trouble when you are restless and when you're anxious and when you can't be still. Some of you can't stand to be by yourself. I'm preaching right now. You always think you got to hook up with somebody. That's why you hook up with the wrong folk. And your hookup end up being a mess up. Why? Because you can't just keep your little self still and wait on God to send you somebody that's good for you. Preach, preacher. Can I preach at this side of the church? Because some of you right now, if you can take it back, Lord have mercy. If you can rewind the clock and go back, some of those things that you created for yourself or people you invited in your life that you thought was the next great relationship and they winded up breaking your heart and your bank account. And you ended up with nothing and nobody. Somebody say, oh, help me, Jesus. Y'all know I'm talking about you. You don't even have to wave your hand. Just wiggle your toes and say, thank you, Jesus. Simply because we did not have patience. I tell people all the time, you've heard me say this, I've gotten to the point in business and other places, if I'm hiring somebody, the last thing I look at is the resume, I want to know about your personality. I want to know if you get angry quick. I want to know if you have patience. I want to know if you can get along with people because that, that kind of stuff matters more than anybody else. I don't care if you are a Harvard and Ivy League graduate, if you've got a bad attitude, I don't need you working with me. 
I need somebody who knows how to take a licking and just hold their peace and just say, Lord, you got to work this out. I don't have to win every argument. I don't have to end everything with me winning an argument. Why? Because God's got my back. Who am I preaching to? Tell somebody God's got me covered. Listen, there are voices that are in our head and they're trying to steer us wrong. We're living in a generation where there are many young people and, and there are forces out there that are competing for God's place in your life. There's a recent article that I read in the Washington Post by the author, by an African-American author by the name of Christine Ember, E-M-B-A. And the article is entitled, quote, Millennials Looking for Meaning in All the Wrong Places. And in this article, Christina writes, recently there was a gathering of over 500 millennials who met in a place of faith in order to read Harry Potter's book. Because they said Harry Potter's books and uh, give me spiritual fulfillment. They met in a synagogue over 500 of them, to hear from Harry Potter. My God. Now we know why this world is all messed up. Last time I checked, just want to make sure, Harry Potter didn't wake you up this morning. Last time I checked, when your back was against the wall and your rent was due and you didn't know how you would make ends meet, Harry Potter did not give you what you need. Last time I checked, nobody said Harry Potter is a way maker and a heart fixer. Don't be fooled. Don't let the enemy fool you with fake spirituality. There are people out there that says people can fix your life. And Super Soul Sunday with Superwoman Oprah. Well, the last time I got in trouble and I needed a breakthrough, I didn't say, Oprah, help me, please. Who am I preaching to? But I found a way to call on the name of Jesus. What's his name? When you're in trouble, <laughs> who do you call? You call Jesus, the way maker. Only way we can have that relationship with the Lord our God is to eliminate the distractions that are competing for our attention. May I preach this? In this psalm, this great psalm, the author of this psalm who it is believed to have been King Hezekiah, who writes this psalm during a time of great turmoil for the nation of Judah. The nation of Judah was going through something. It is believed by many biblical historians that this was during the time of the great Babylonian or Assyrian invasion. This is when their enemies were coming down to destroy the kingdom. And, and God gave King Hezekiah 
a sense of inner peace to know that I'm going to work things out. It is believed that he writes this psalm and passes it on to the sons of Korah who are the worship leaders and he says to them, put this in a praise and worship format so that when you don't know what to do, you can praise God with everything that is within you. And he begins in verse 1 of the psalm and write, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. He goes on to say, therefore we will not fear even though the earth be removed. <laughs> Thank God for revelation. Although we're in trouble and the earth seems to be in trouble and although the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar in trouble, mountains shake with swelling. Verse number four, Psalms 46, say there is a river whose stream shall be made glad city of God. How many of you ever had your back against the wall and God dropped the word in your spirit? The holy place, the tabernacle of the most high. God is in the midst of her and we shall not be moved. How many of you know if God is on your side, everything is going to be all right. If God says you will make it, I don't care what the devil has to say. You are going to be all right. But the only way we can hear from God is that we've got to eliminate the things that are competing with God. Can I get a witness? Look at somebody and say, God is trying to speak to you. And everybody else is in your ear. Homeboy, homegirl, cousins, family members, everybody got advice about what you ought to do and you're turning to everybody but God. Everybody's got a word for you. But you need to tell some folk, excuse how it may sound, but shut up. I've heard enough. I need a word from the Lord. How many of you know how to shut up the distractions of this world? Look at somebody say, neighbor, sometimes you got to tell the world, shut up. I've heard enough. I need a word from the Lord. Any worshipers in here, clap those hands in. Woo. Listen, listen. Hezekiah goes on to write that despite all that the nation had been through, all that they had endured, God has always Listen to this, because I told the church this, this morning, and God dropped this in my spirit. I need you to get it. Grab somebody by the hand and say, don't you let the devil steal your memory of how good God has been to you. Ooh. I'm preaching to somebody. Don't you let the devil rob you of the memories you have of how the last time you got in trouble, God made a way out of nowhere. Don't you let the enemy rob 
your recollection of how good God has been to you throughout the years, down throughout the years. The old folks say, the Lord has been good to me. Anybody know God's been good to you? Woo, I feel a praise on that. Put a pause on that and take 10 seconds and say, down through the years, the Lord has been good to me. Made a way out of nowhere. Everybody sit down that's never had a miracle. But those of you that God has ever done anything good for you, I don't care if your knee hurt, your back hurt, your head hurt. Find a way to stand up on your feet and say, down through the years, the Lord has been good to me. Woo! Touch somebody as you take your seat and say, so good. So good. I feel something right now so good. Verse 7 said, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And then he says this iconic verse number 10. In the midst of the Babylonian invasion, God tells King Hezekiah, tell Judah to be and know that I am God. In other words, I just need you to just block out everything. Stop agonizing about your troubles and know that the God you serve is still in control. Who, who, who am I preaching to? I, somebody just received that word. I need you to help me bless somebody and say stop agonizing about your troubles and know that God is still in control. Is he a provider? Is he a healer? Is he a way maker? I'm asking you something. Is God a heart fixer? Can God make a way out of nowhere? And it doesn't matter what you're going through when you block everything else out God says, I remind you that I have always been here and you need to know how awesome I am. In order to do that, get rid of the noisy distractions that consume your life. Some of you got too much chatter all around you. God says, take some time to block everybody off and say, here I am, Lord. Stretch out those arms and say, here I am. Here I am. Woo. I need a word from you. I need to hear from you. I realize something that the things that were blocking my blessings were the distractions that were disguised as help. Can I say that again? When you recognize that some things that comes under the label of I am for you are actually against you. And they have been sent 
and disguised by the enemy uh, to distract you. That's why the apple in the garden was attractive. That's why he wanted something that was shiny and look good because he knew that we cannot resist that which we think is good to us. But everything that comes to you with good advice does not always have your good intentions. Can I preach? But you've got to learn how to block it off. Here's what the text says. Be still. Block it out. Tell somebody, I, I don't have time for you this week. You need to defriend some people. Tell somebody, I don't want to hear that. This, I don't need any gossip in my ear. This week. Don't call me about what the church not doing, the church folk not doing. Because people will always do stuff. But I just want to hear from God. And when you block it, here's what God will say. I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. When you block everybody else off, you know what God will say? I am he that healeth all your diseases. Whew. When you block everybody else off, God says the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. God says that there are those who've been young and now they're old, but they've never seen the righteous forsaken. Or the sick. Can I give you a word? When you block the distractions, God says, and your seed will be blessed. And your children's children. Woo! will be blessed. I'm speaking something, but you can't hear that if the devil is saying to you that your son is nothing but trouble. Your daughter is nothing but a headache. You got to tell the devil that's a lie from the pits of hell. That's what the devil sees. But let me tell you what God says. God says they're blessed and highly favored. Uh, get me happy. I hear God speaking to somebody right now and say, I've got a word for your situation, but I can't speak into you unless you block that stuff that's around you. And when you block the world's distractions, God will make a way. Out of nowhere, lift those hands and say, Lord, I hear you. I hear you, Lord. He's speaking right now. I'm telling you, he's speaking right now. Lift those hands all over this place. See, we equate noise with success. We equate the volume of the, of the noise with what God is doing. But sometimes God speaks to us not in the volumes of the drums or, or in the musical instruments, but in the stillness of his own voice. And as I was sitting, looking at this, God says, I'm going to send a word to somebody in this worship center right now. But you've got to lift those hands, close those eyes, and block out everything else. Anybody in here needs an answer from the Lord? Here it is. I am the Lord thy God, and I will do what only I can do. I'll bless you going in and coming out. Somebody receive this word. Your finances are about to turn around. For those of you who 
think you can get it from Harry Potter, go home and get it. You think you can get it from Oprah, go get it. But this is for those of us who lean on the Lord our God. Lift those hands. And God is saying to you, I am the Lord your God. And I have always made ways for you. When your family, even as a young person, could barely make it, I provided ways that nobody even know where it came from. Ooh. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor Bradley, I feel this right now. God, God is speaking in this house right now. And God says, out of the quietness of my voice will come your deliverance. Now rest upon your feet all over this place. Hands still lifted up. And say, Lord, I hear you. Come on. Lord, I hear you. Say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. God says separate from those noisy distractions. Get some new friends. Ooh. Change your number if you have to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because see, I don't need anybody else to compete with what I want to say to you. God is about to bless something into your spirit right now. I need you to do me a favor before we come to this altar. Cross the aisles and fill every space and just join hands right now. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God told me to do this. I was riding home on a bus from Florida yesterday, coming back from vacation. And God says, don't have them run around the church this Sunday. Because in their exuberant demonstration, sometimes they miss my voice. <laughs> Is that all right? Everybody, hands are locked. Look at you in the balcony. That's right. Put the cameras on this audience. I want everybody. Because there are those of you that are viewing my web internet right now. There are thousands of people in here right now. And we all are locked in hand to hand, saying, speak, Lord. Ooh. I hear you, Lord. Come on, somebody say, speak, Lord. I hear you. Come on, praise team, tell them, be still. Be still. I don't want anybody to the altar right now. This is just, we're going to invite you to the altar in a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now here's what I want you to do. Turn those hands loose and lift them in the air. And out of your own voice, just begin to worship God. Say, speak well of God. Oh, yeah. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I appreciate you. Lord, you've been good to me. Lord, I hear you. <laughs> Lift those hands and say, Lord, I hear you. Uh, Here I am, Lord. Lord, I hear you. Yeah. I've tried it on my own. And I have not been able to make it work. Now here I am, Lord. Be still. This I know. This I know. Ooh. Be still. Be 
that I am. That's what God wanted this morning right now. Be still. That I am. Come on. Lose yourself in the serenity of worship. Speak to my life, Lord. My family needs healing. Heal me, Lord. Change my nature, Lord. Change my habits, Lord. That I am. I can't do it without you. I need you right now, Lord. That's right. That I am. On the audience. Be still. Listen, in thee, O oh Lord, to listen. In thee, O oh Lord. Uh, yeah, yeah, the devil doesn't want to hear you say that. I put in thee, Lord. It's already done. It's already done. Uh, lift your voice and say, in thee. Now make your way to this altar if you can. In thee, in thee, O Lord, I hear you, Lord. In thee, Lord, I put. I can't do it on my own. Come on, take it high. In thee, oh Lord, I put my trust in thee. I've tried to do it on my own. I've tried to make it on my own, but I couldn't make it. Lord, I need you right now, Lord, in thee. That's right. Come on, let us pray for you. Black out the distractions in thee. In thee, O oh Lord, I put all in thee. Listen, there was a blind man who had been blind from birth. <laughs> Jesus stopped by, touched him, and healed him, 
And the critics, after he was healed, says, who was it that healed you? It could not have been Jesus because we know that Jesus is a sinner. We, we know that he cannot heal. But when you have an experience with the Lord, you know something other folk don't know. Amen. Here's what the man says. He says, I don't know where he's from. I don't know if he's a sinner or not. But this I know. Whereas I was blind, now I see. Is there anybody in here know what the Lord has done for you? Come on. Is there anybody in here know what the Lord has done for you? And know, come on. Lift those hands. Lord, the only way I can make it Listen, listen. We're about to pray. Somebody, God, is about to change your life. You thought you needed all of those distractions. In fact, you did not even realize that they were distractions. You thought somehow you needed that in your life. And God says you're about to lose the noisy distractions. And it's just you and God now. Amen. On Tuesday night, there are three observations in this message that we're going to share. Number one is that in our times of trouble, God will be our refuge and our strength. Number two is that we must learn how to eliminate life's noisy distractions and to be still as we get to know God and God's purpose for our lives. You will never be able to figure out God's purpose for your life when there are noisy distractions all around you. Let me tell you, it's all right to be by yourself. You don't always need somebody with you as long as God is with you. And third and the last observation says, then and only then will we be able to enjoy God's supernatural peace. Eyes are closed. I need to challenge someone right now. Where are you with your relationship with God? <laughs> You've listened to everybody else. How did that work out for you? You've depended on other things and other people. Uh, how did that turn out for you? But here's a chance to reset, to reboot, to start all over again. Just you and God. And if you're not where you ought to be, if you've not made that commitment, if you're not committed to something greater than yourself, then after we pray this prayer, I need you to have the boldness 
to just meet me at that altar and say, Pastor Jackson, my life has been a mess. I've had distractions after distractions, but now it's just you and God. Woo! Just you and God. Nobody else matters. Nothing else matters. Amen. God is inviting you to make that decision. If you want to join the church and you want to recommit yourself to the Lord, you just meet me at that altar. This is just you and God, your time with God. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We, we honor you this day. Woo. I thank you for this series of messages. I thank you for this sermon. Be still and know. You have said to us that your deliverance is not always in the volume of the noise that's around us. Sometimes in the quietness of the evening, in the stillness of the morning, as we walk through the valley alone, you are there with us. We say thank you. Thank you, Lord. I see miracles at this altar. Ooh, I see deliverance in this congregation. I, I see you doing things that only you could do. Have your way, Lord. Move in a mighty way. We declare that is already done. Tell somebody it's already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Give somebody a Holy Ghost hug and say it's already done. I need you to give me five minutes before you leave out the door. Just go back to, if you want to make that commitment this morning, everybody stay in the worship center for five minutes. Come on, somebody, God is calling. You, if, you want to, if you want to give your life to the Lord, you want to commit to the Lord, come stand right here, right now. God bless you. God bless you, man. Come on. Amen. God bless you, brother. Come on, be still. Somebody else who want to make that commitment. You want to. That I am. Ooh. Wave those hands in the air. Look at God. Be still. at the altar. Be still. Be still oh. I am someone else. In thee, oh Lord, let those hands in thee. Someone else. Give God a hand of praise for these that are here. Anyone else coming, we're waiting. In thee, O oh Lord. I put my 
on. Come on, we ought to be clapping our hands so much. This is the most important part of the service. Come on, give God a hand of praise. If you'll be seated for one moment, I just need a couple minutes. As the musicians play in thee, oh Lord, I put, put our trust. Anybody trust God? I hear you, Lord. Listen, I did something this morning and God told me to do it today. This is July. Every July, we have deemed this community development, community awareness for what we do in the community. And I am so proud because this year marks 50 years that this church has been on Atlas Road. 50 years, amen. It began in 63 on Bluff Road and in 1967, there are a group of people led by Mother Jackson, Mother Josephine Anderson, and others who, who marched.